Thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you want to partner with us by giving into this ministry, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our Oklahoma City campus pastor, Oscar Ortiz. That was my wife helping me out. Hi. Well, this, this side is feeling kind and, and this morning. Um, so, so here we go. You ready for today? Uh, we're in a season called uh, Expecting. If you're, not, if you're new to Victory, you know that we... We do message series, but they're different. We don't call them series. We call them seasons because we believe that sometimes God has a word that he wants to establish uh, among his body, among his people. Uh, series have just, you know, four to six weeks and then you're done. What we feel like we just say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? And whenever you feel like you released us from this, then we move on. So we're in a season called expecting. And one of the things that we've learned this weekend is that sometimes part of expecting is expecting the unexpected, especially uh, this this weekend. And I remember not long ago, I was uh, I was invited to lead worship at my dad's church in Mexico. This is probably about I don't know. It's it's been a few years, but so I lead worship, pretty large congregation, about a thousand people showed up that that day. And I remember after being done with worship, you know, I get off the, the stage and, and I make my, my way out into my seat while the pastor gets up and he says, hey, I believe that God speaks to us, you know, in, in season. And I believe that ministers should be ready in season and out of season. So I believe uh, Brother Oscar has a word for us and I'm just going to give him 10 minutes to come back and, and, and preach to us. <laughs> You know, I've never felt my heart get so low, like around my ankles. And I'm, so I'm walking with, uh, you know, so the pastor's son is walking with me. And you guys know how pastor's sons are, right? You know, um, you sh- yeah, anyway. So he's walking with me into the office so that I can have some time to prepare. And I'm just, just going over, you know, what am I going to preach? I've got 10, 10, 10 minutes and he says, hey, by the way, um, just whatever you decide to preach is fine, but it cannot be, you cannot use any scripture from the Old Testament. We don't believe that here. And I said, what? So now I'm panicking even more. And then he just, he actually uh, prophesied over me with three words that released me from this. And he said, I'm just kidding. So all I remember was I preached about David and Goliath and I don't remember anything else 
from there. But I know for a fact that God moves sometimes in spite of us. And, and he allows us to, to do things in, even in times like this. So, and I, I know that today may be a little bit different, but I believe that God has a word for us because every time you open this word, uh, it's alive and active. So you can't help to, to open it up and say, I don't think God's speaking to me. God is always speaking to us because God, God's word is active. You may not see it immediately, but it always comes back with purpose and transformation and revelation if we, if we stay with it long enough. Uh, today we're going to go through a story that is very familiar with us out of the book of Ezekiel. So if, if you brought your phones, uh, flip your screen to Ezekiel chapter 37. And, and if you brought your Bibles, major points to you today. Um, that just means you're over 40. And, and that's okay. I brought my Bible today. Ezekiel 37 says, the hand of the Lord was on me. This is Ezekiel talking. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord. And he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. Somebody say noise. A rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone, hip to hip. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them and there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these lane that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood upon their feet, a vast army. I'd like to talk to you today about unmet expectations. If you have lived at all, if you are older than four years old, you probably, probably earlier, you recognize that life is filled with unmet expectations. And it's something that that is just part of life, that it's just part of what we do. And today, it's one of the reasons why we chose to talk about unmet expectations. And so, but before that, I just want to remind you, if you did not watch last week's message, please take time to do that. Pastor John shared some exciting news about our church. So because of that, I want to welcome everyone watching online. I want to welcome everyone, anyone that might be joining us from Grapevine, Texas. So glad that you're with us today. We celebrate you. And But go back and watch that message because it'll be a blessing. I know it'll be a blessing to you. Can we honor our Pastor John Chastin and let him know that we're so thankful that he welcomes him. He welcomes risk into our walk 
as a church and he welcomes faith and believing for the impossible as God continues to expand what he's doing here. Ezekiel chapter 37 tells the story of a valley of dry bones. And it represents to the, to the prophet what he's telling him. He's declaring the, the physical and spiritual state of the nation of Israel. How for many years, even during the time that this vision was given, Israel was a dead nation. And by dead, I mean that they did not have any land or territory. They had no king. They had no temple to worship. Israel had been divided and dispersed among the nations for, for a while now. It was such a broken nation, divided and dispersed nation, that there was no hope for unification and restoration for that. So when God gives this vision to Ezekiel, it immediately seemed impossible. And that prophecy was partially fulfilled in 1948 when Israel became a nation. And we know that it was partially fulfilled because God is not done with his people, with the nation of Israel. But one day there will be the nation that God came to save. And the question that he asked Ezekiel, he asked him, can these bones live? Or to put it in our, in our terms today, is there any hope? What am I going to do with God has not met my expectations? What do I do when things were not supposed to be like this? Why has God not come through for me yet? Why am I still struggling? There is a valley of unmet, unfulfilled expectations. Prayers that were not answered. And if they were answered, were answered, were completely different than what we expected. Amen. Some of you guys came to watch a seasoned leader and speaker and you're stuck with a spicy one. <laughs> God, why can't I get a break? And the reality is that many times through our relationship with God, we find ourselves laying right in the middle of a valley of unanswered prayers. And we see bones and yeah, I remember praying for this and, and, and it doesn't happen. Or I remember I prayed for this 10 years ago and, and there's no life in there. And God, why, why am I still going through, through this? What do we do when God doesn't meet our expectations? Proverbs 17.22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. And this valley was full of dry bones. You could say it was full of broken spirits. It was full of broken dreams, broken promises, broken souls. Filled with unmet expectations of what people had thought God should have done at one point in time but didn't. I want to give you two simple things that are thoughts that I believe that can help us when we go through times in life when we're trying to ask, God, why, why am I still here? Why has this not changed yet? The first thought is simply this out of this verse is for us to get our breath back. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, get your breath back. Turn to your other one and say, you don't need a breath mint this morning. 
You may have lied. I know, I know, I know, I know. I may just... Verse 7 and 8 says, So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked, then tendons and flesh appeared on them, and the skin, co the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And so when the Bible talks about a noise here, and you know, noise is good because it lets you know something is happening. Noise is good because... It makes you think, it can fool you for a little bit and know, okay, we're on our way to something. But the, the danger sometimes with spiritual noise in our lives is that it can be confused with progress. And many times we hear a noise in our, in, in our, in our lives and we think we arrived, it's done, I'm going to stay here and, and God's finished and here we go. Many of us settle for spiritual noise in our lives. The challenge with just Having noise, spiritual noise in your walk with the Lord is that when you hear noise, sometimes it only represents half the miracle. God had not called Ezekiel just to hear noise. He had called him to turn dead and dry bones into a vast army. Noise was part of the process, but was not the end of the miracle. And sometimes we as Christians, we can become content with spiritual noise in our spiritual life with, with the Lord. We can contend with, we become content with noise in our marriages. We come, become content with noise in our career. And spiritual noise is sometimes masks itself in activity, but lacks the breath of God within that activity. And it's the conversations that even our family has had just recently because it seems like we're a pinball machine going from one game from our sons to another. And there's so much activity. And we're, we're asking, okay, is this a season? And sometimes we have to be honest and say, I, I don't feel the breath of God into this activity. We're doing much. We're acting much. But there's no sense of home. Have you been there? That there's so much activity. And... and I'm coming to church and I'm volunteering and I'm doing all the right things. But if I do not have the breath of God, I will end up being in the middle of a valley full of disappointment, asking God, why, not, why is that nothing happening in my life? Amen. The problem with noise is that it represents us trying on our own strength and ability trying to fix things without God, trying to live without God, putting God in the backseat and said, thank you for my salvation, now let me take it from here. Trying to live without God. And let me remind you, Christianity, some of us can experience Christianity, but if we experience it without the breath of God, we'll be nothing but a noisy religion. Christianity without the breath of God It's nothing but a noisy religion. You need to get your breath back. Don't just settle for noise. Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by mind nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of armies. And the word spirit in the, in the Hebrew is the word ruach, which means breath. Christianity without the breath of God always ends up in self-sufficiency. It's me trying to be God for me. In my own understanding and comprehension. And many of us know that parenting without God's breath will end up in hopelessness. 
That marriages without God's breath will not withstand the enemy's attacks. That living your life without God's breath will leave you in a valley of disappointment. Get your breath back. Involve and invite the Holy Spirit in your daily living. Don't settle for half miracles. Why, why is, does it appear that, that most of the time, or many times at least, God doesn't meet our expectations? Doesn't he love us? And if he loves us, why doesn't just do what we ask him to do? Here's why. Because our expectations usually request an immediate good. Or as soon as possible response. Can we be honest? At least every time I pray, I expect things to be answered within a window of time. Because I'm in a hurry. And because I have other things that I want to take place. So I pray and I have faith. But also, I may not say it in part of my prayer, but I believe it in my heart. And by the way, God, you have this much time to do it. And I'm convinced now that God is more interested in our ultimate good than our immediate relief. And more interested in his ultimate glory than our immediate gain. I'll say that again and they'll put it up on the screens. God is more interested in our ultimate good than our immediate relief. And more interested in his ultimate glory than our immediate gain. If you ever want to have a little fun with Bible study, go through the Bible and how, how many verses talk about for his glory unto the glory of God the Father. Including Jesus going to the cross. He went to die for me, yes. But first he went to give glory to his Father. That'll mess up. That'll mess up with your theology. Why did God allow Egypt to, uh, to release the Israel? Because he loved them? Yes, but it was for his glory. It was for his glory. Let me, let, let me remind you something. God loves you, but he's more about his glory than about what you and I get out of, out of this. And I love him and I trust him more for it because he's sovereign for that. His thoughts are not my thoughts. Not even close. His ways are not our ways. And that's best for me. If God's thoughts were mine, I would have gotten married at 12. <laughs> and it would have been a disaster. Thank God for unanswered prayers. Thank God that you did not give me what I prayed for that one time. Because if you had, now that I'm in this end of my history, I know now, I can see now that you were looking out for my best, not just for my good. I'm so thankful that you don't want my immediate good, that you're willing to allow me to wait and that you delayed my answer prayers so that instead of seeing something good, you see my ultimate best on the other side of my prayers. If God would answer my prayers according to my thinking when I was 14, I would have never, never left Mexico and moved to San Antonio. And that didn't make sense for me, to me for a long time. Because I was praying for my dad's salvation. I, I prayed for his salvation for 20 years. It was, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting what happened to our family. I was not expecting God taking so long to answer my prayer. And I, what I believe was, I'm praying God's will. Isn't God's will that none should perish? 
Why is he taking so long in answering my prayer? Because this is what. Even though God did not answer my prayer right away, it was his will for my father to come back to the Lord. And he did eventually after 20 years. But even though, even though that was his will, his way was different than mine. And what I've understood is that God's will and God's way always go together. So part of me as a believer is not just saying, I'm okay with your will, but saying, I'm okay with your way. Many of us struggle in our faith, listen, not because we have a problem with God's will. It's because we have a problem with his ways. And if you learn to accept his will for your life, but also to trust his ways, you will begin to see God's breath coming back into your life. Even though you might feel like you're in a valley. God's will and God's ways are always best For us, Maybe you're here today and you've said yes to his will, but you have a hard time with his way. Let me encourage you. Ephesians chapter 3 tells us, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all we can ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So sometimes when you're going through an unmet expectations, just simply said, I give you glory. Amen. Let it be so, God. This was not what I was expecting. This was not what I was, how I thought it was going to turn down. But I worship you. I give you glory. I trust you. I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to believe all that you have for me is your best. Maybe the areas of your struggle right now are the same areas that the, the, the Holy Spirit is saying, would you let me in? Well, let me invade that area. Let me come in by your side and help you in what you're doing. In fact, let's, let's do a little bit of an exercise because I believe the Holy Spirit is already talking to you. Instead of just wearing up until after the message, can we just take a few seconds to, to simply invite him? If, if, you, if you're in need of the breath of God in your life, and, and you know if you do. How do you know if, you need, if you're in need of the breath of God? If your walk with Christ just feels like nothing but noise. If your marriage feels like there's a lot of activity, but there's no breath. If your relationship with your children, if it lacks breath. Maybe you lack breath in your career, and I don't know what area of your life you need it. But can you invite the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit... I invite you today. Would you do that with me and pray with me? If you're watching online, do the same. Just close your eyes and say, I welcome your breath into the things that I don't see, that I don't understand, but that are nothing but noise. I welcome your breath, Lord, in the dead areas of my life where, I've, where, I've, where I pushed you away. I welcome you, Holy Spirit, into my mind, into my thinking, into my thoughts, and to the things that I've said that I knew were not true. I welcome your breath today. I welcome your Holy Spirit into my life.
Amen. Amen. Now take a deep breath and release. Awesome. That felt good, didn't it? Second thought. So the first one is get your breath breath. The second one is let the word out. Verse 9 says, Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of men, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So he says to him, Prophesy, say what the Lord says, which is the definition of prophecy. What is prophecy? It is simply saying what the Lord is already saying. And as a church, we believe that God still speaks to prophecy. That it always goes in accordance with the word that he's given. Prophecy is saying what God is already saying. Why? Because what God is telling Ezekiel is that you must open your mouth and speak into the things that you don't see yet. Because we believe that our primary weapon is when we open up our mouth and speak. That there is a creative power when you speak something according to God's word given to us. I don't just mean that you just find somebody in the mall and say, you shall be my wife in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, a, I'm talking about when God has promised something out of his word, It's not you name it and claim it, but is if it's according to his word, if it's according to his will, then we can pray for that to happen in our lives. And the problem with, with a lot of believers is that we don't recognize the power that we have in our words, especially now because I believe there is an attack. Why, did, why was this an army of dead bones? Why wasn't it just dead bones? But God is specifically causing our army because there's an attack from the enemy upon the church and upon what God wants to do in your life. He wants to shut your mouth so that you don't speak what God has given to you. Proverbs 18:21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. What if the situation you're in right now is because of the words that you've allowed to be spoken over you and the words that you yourself have spoken over you? And that's where you land yourself. There's a story that I read recently about a child named Thomas. This happened decades ago. And the story simply, simply talks about this child that one day came from school as a small child at young elementary age, came home from school and gave a piece of paper to his mother. And he said to, to her, Mom, the teacher gave this piece of paper to me and told me only you have to read it. What does it say? Her eyes went into tears as she began to read. And so she, let the, she read the letter out loud to her child. Your son is a genius. The school is too small for him and does not have good enough teachers to train him. Please teach him yourself. His mother did just that until she fell, until she fell ill and passed away years later. Many years after that, Thomas, after she had passed away, Thomas was going through some of his mother's things. And as he was going through some of her things, she found, he found 
the folded letter that he had given her when he was just a little boy. The same letter that his teacher had written to him to give to his mom. So he opened it. And this is what the letter said. Your son is mentally deficient. We cannot let him attend our school anymore. He is expelled. Thomas became very emotional reading it and then wrote on his diary that day, Thomas A. Edison was a mentally deficient child whose mother turned him into the genius of the century. Whose word have you believed and accepted over you? What are the scars that haven't healed yet? Because of the words that were spoken to you. That are still, that have been years. And that are nothing but dry bones. What God wants to say to you is, I know what was said to you, but that didn't come from him. Because his word over you, his banner over you is love. So even though you may feel like you're in a, in a valley of dry bones, maybe it's time for you to open your mouth and to accept the word that your father has spoken over you. When God saw the condition of our humanity, fallen, broken, dry, lifeless. This valley does not only represent the Israel nation, but this, is, this represents our spiritual condition. That many of us lay motionless without purpose, without activity. Because we don't have the breath of God yet. When God saw our condition over a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, he saw us hopeless and lifeless. But instead of speaking just words, instead of God just speaking words over us, he did one better. Instead of just speaking a word, he sent us the word. John 1 tells us that in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. The Word in the Greek is the word Logos. And the best translation that we can come up with in English are two words. It's reason and it is Word. But it's more than reason and Word. It's actually thought and speech and action. If you could combine them and put them together in one word. The word that John is talking about is Jesus because Jesus fully embodies all of God's thinking and active speaking. Why do we want God to speak a word? It's because every time God speaks, something happens. 
there's not a time that God speaks that there's no action attached with it, that there's no motion that, that comes with it. Jesus is God's word to us. Listen, we can follow, we can do our Christian life. We can do it without the cute Christian uh, social media posts. We can do it without the Christian fluff. We can follow him without these lights, the smoke machines, the stages, the live instruments, the speakers. We can follow him even without a building, but we cannot function. We will never overcome. We will never be saved without God's word given to us and accepted into us through the person of Jesus Christ. Let me encourage you, don't limit yourself by asking God for one single word for you for this year. My word last year was Jesus. This year is still Jesus. Next year will be Jesus because when I get Jesus, I get the fullness of God's love, the fullness of His power, the fullness of His authority, the fullness of His gospel in my life. Let the word out. It is His Word that turns broken bones into praying parents. It's His Word that turns broken bones into spirit-filled fathers. He turns broken bones into mighty mamas. He turns broken bones into sons and daughters. You're not just a pile of broken bones. You're a warrior in the making. Your life is an answer to a kingdom problem. What if today you came for more than just noise, but to hear the sound of God healing your heart, your body, your marriage, your mind, breaking your addiction? What do we do when God doesn't meet our expectations? Get your breath back and let the word out. Put Jesus in the driver's seat. I'm going to invite you to stand. Because I believe God's word calls us for a response. And there's an activity attached with it that he wants to do over your life today. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We pray for God's breath. We welcome God's breath earlier. Now it's time that we begin to declare. That you begin to let the word out. That you begin to pray the promises that God has given you that you have yet to see. That may look like unexpected things that have happening in your life. Sometimes God's miracles come, brought, come wrapped in unexpected happenings. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to open up the altars. Our prayer team is going to come. And I'm going to invite you. I'm going to invite all marriages. I'm going to invite just people. If you're here today, this is a time where you can say, Lord, I need your breath back in my life. And I need to see your word become alive in me once again. And I don't know what area of your life that needs the Holy Spirit. But I promise you, what he has for you is better than what you have planned for yourself. Would you trust them? 
We're gonna go into worship. Kevin's gonna lead us, and we're just gonna spend a time in reflection. I, I invite you if, if you need to sit down or kneel on on your chair, that's fine. But I, I invite you if if you're not content with where you are, come forward. Let God's breath begin to do something in your life. Don't settle for the noise, but allow His Spirit to come and do the miracle of life in your life right now today. Would you do that right now? Could you could you just begin to come forward? As Kevin leads us and we just say, Lord, we are open for your, for your word to be spoken over us today. We're open for, for your Holy Spirit to move in our lives today. We don't want to be the same, God. We don't want to be where we were yesterday. We, wanna, we don't want to be where we were last week. We want something new. We want something new. Come forward. Just come. Just come. Just come. Feel God begin to move in your life. Feel those bones coming together. Feel Him putting flesh over the dead areas of your life that you have not seen for a long time. And let Him fill you with this life today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's worship. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.